Welcome to Save State. This is the podcast from GamingRetro.co.uk in which we take a look at the week's news in retro gaming and check out some reviews as well and maybe have a little bit of opinion. In our first show, we'll be looking at the great news about the C64 Collection 1 cartridge that's coming out for Evercade later this year, 2022. There's bad news for Xbox 360 fans, and we'll have a look at Pixel Heart's new Mega Drive and Genesis game, Alice Sisters. And later on, we will review G Darius Collection for Nintendo Switch. Massive news to kick off with in our very first safe state. North America is also getting the Sega Genesis Mini 2 on October the 27th but there's still no UK and Europe date for release. Following news in June of the Sega Genesis Mini 2, which appeared with Japan-only launch details, it has been confirmed the Mini Console will launch simultaneously in the USA and Canada on October 27th, 2022, later this year. The following games have been confirmed. Sylphid, Shining Force CD, Sonic CD, Mansion of Hidden Souls, Potful Mail, Virtual Racing, Bonanza Brothers... Shining in the Darkness, Thunder Force 4, Magical Taruroto, Fantasy Zone, Afterburner 2, Columns 3, Mega Panel, Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water, Outrun, Puzzle and Action, Ishident R, Splatterhouse 2, Star Mobile, Night Striker, The Ninja Warriors, and Starblade, and a good bunch of those are Mega CD games, at least 8, and there's a bunch that were Mega Drive games rather than Genesis games as well. Uh, says the YouTube video announcing release, Sega Genesis Mini, and this is from the voiceover, the definitive mini console of the year, the next evolution has arrived, reinventing the Sega Genesis with a compact design. Sega Genesis Mini 2, upgraded hardware, can store more games than before, including Sega CD titles, the sequels to hit titles, hidden masterpieces that could only be played on the Sega Genesis, ports of blockbuster arcade games, and new games you've never seen before. Preloaded with over 50 classic titles, even more than the Sega Genesis Mini. More compact, more advanced. The new Sega Genesis Mini 2 is here, available October 27th. But where are the UK and European launch dates? It makes sense that the release of the Sega Mega Drive Mini 2 slash Genesis Mini 2 should be simultaneous across the UK, France and Germany, etc. So if it is being released on October 27th in Japan and the USA and Canada... We could expect it to hit shelves and doormats on the same day over here, but we'll only know when Sega tells us. But before that, the GoldenEye remake, that game that has been supposedly coming for months and months now, 
If you've been patiently awaiting the release of the long-awaited GoldenEye remake for Windows and Xbox Live, there is bad news. So bad that it might even impact the N64 version, which has been expected to land on Nintendo Switch. Games journalist Darren Unger, and this has been backed up by Eurogamer, has reported that delays to the games are due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He says GoldenEye is still in limbo because of the war. To be fair, it is a game littered with potential landmines, figuratively speaking, and that's just getting it passed and approved by everyone concerned. That there is an issue linked to Ukraine is puzzling at this stage and does perhaps indicate that there is more to the release than previously expected. Uh, Now, to clarify about which GoldenEye remake we're talking about, there are currently two versions expected for release. The first is the GoldenEye remake for Xbox. This was developed prior to 2010 and then shelved. It was then leaked online in early 2021. You'll find a guide to installing GoldenEye on your PC at gamingretro.co.uk, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, That just runs on an Xbox emulator called Xenia. Now, this version of the game has original and updated what's a sort of late 2000s standard, updated graphics. Now, could the delay be for a completely modern graphical overhaul, making it a genuine GoldenEye remake? Well, we don't know. But we do know that over the past few months, Xbox achievements for GoldenEye have been found online, which kind of indicates that this is a game that is in development and it is happening to some extent. The other version of GoldenEye 007 that is expected is for the Nintendo Switch, Rumours that the original Nintendo 64 GoldenEye 007 would hit the Switch as part of the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership have been swirling for a while. However, this has also yet to appear. But is it a casualty of war? The character of James Bond was born out of war. Creator Ian Fleming based Bond on people he knew and some of his own exploits working in military intelligence during World War II. It would be ironic if any GoldenEye remake or re-release were to be scuppered due to military action in Eastern Europe, a region that formed the basis for many of Bond's literary and movie adventures over the years. Over the months, there have been countless declarations that GoldenEye is coming. All of them have fallen flat. Ultimately, the situation is simple. Any GoldenEye remake or issue will appear when it appears. You can now run Doom... In Doom. You've heard of Doom's incredible flexibility when it comes to installing the game in weird places. But did you ever imagine you would see Doom in Doom? YouTuber and developer KGSWS has found an exploit that allows Doom, specifically the original Doom 2 for DOS, to be hacked and another copy, Chocolate Doom, a source port, installed within the game. The result is that you can play Doom within the world of Doom. He writes in the YouTube post, I have found a code execution exploit in the original DOS Doom 2 and ported a chocolate Doom to it, and then chocolate heretic. Attention, this does only work on the original DOS Doom 2 version, no GZ Doom or other source ports. This is a good thing, as you don't want code execution exploit on modern systems, people would abuse it to spread malicious code. DOS version is available on Steam, and you can use DOSBox emulator to run it. Copy kgdid.wad to the directory where you have doom2.exe and then in DOSBox start it with the command doom2-file kgdid.wad. Copy other files too if you want to try them. Game injection has to be renamed to doomsav4.dsg. Uh, 
little bit of technical detail there. Now, the accompanying video, the YouTube video explains how the code injection exploit was uncovered and how it can be used, but the bit you probably want to see starts at 8 minutes and 55 seconds through. At this point, KGSWS explains both games are running independent of each other. That means you need double the memory. I would recommend you to get at least 16 megabytes of RAM. Now I can press F12 to control the other game. It's not just a cinema. There's no sound or music, though, but cheat works. Now, obviously, there is the potential here for some recursive madness, which we would encourage you not to engage with. But if you want to check out Doom in Doom yourself, you can grab it from the GitHub page, which we'll include in the show notes. The latest Xbox games with gold for July 2022 adds Xbox 360 titles Thrillville, Off the Rails and Torchlight. But it is the end of an era as Microsoft also announces the end of Xbox 360 games being added to the service. According to an email released to subscribers, later this year games with gold will be unable to support the addition of new Xbox 360 games with Microsoft citing the limit of our ability to bring Xbox 360 games to the catalogue, as its reason. The key passage from the email states, From 1st October 2022, the monthly games provided to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Live Gold members via Games with Gold will no longer include Xbox 360 titles. We have reached the limit of our ability to bring Xbox 360 games to the catalogue. However, Games with Gold will continue to include exciting Xbox One titles and exclusive savings each month. This will not impact any Xbox 360 games that you downloaded before October 2022. Any Xbox 360 titles that you redeem via Games with Gold before that time are yours to keep on your Xbox account, regardless of whether you continue your subscription. Thank you for being a loyal member. Now, there is still a few months to go, and previously downloaded Xbox 360 games can remain on the platform, but for Games with Gold to deliver new Xbox 360 experiences to your Xbox One or Series console, the end is in sight. There's a new Mega Drive and Genesis game coming from Pixel Heart. This is Alice Sisters. It's always good to see new physical cartridge releases for retro systems, which is why we'd like you to take a look at Alice Sisters, the sequel to Orion Soft's Alice's Mom's Rescue. Set for a limited release on Sega Mega Drive and Genesis this summer, the 2D platformer is published through Pixel Heart and limited to 500 cartridges for each console. Alice Sisters features 28 levels in four worlds, four levels of gameplay, many puzzles to solve and a two-player cooperative mode. Uh, the game synopsis is as follows. The big bad of the mountains has captured Alice and her sister's mom. Help them save their mother. Each of the sisters have their own power. Alice can change her size by jumping on the magic mushrooms. Her small size will allow her to pass through narrow spaces, but be careful because she won't be able to jump very high or very far. Alice's sister can send bullets to repel enemies or break rocks. Go through the levels and solve puzzles by activating the right lever, the right switch, and by finding the coloured keys to open the different doors. Beware of the various enemies. Now, 
there is possibly a Sega Dreamcast version for this, but at the moment we don't have any details about it, so we can only imagine that it will be released at a later date. But you can order Alice Sisters now. Alice Sisters has a July 15th release, so uh, head to the link in the show notes and order your copy when if you that is the thing that you want to do. You're going to enjoy it. Now, sometimes you're disappointed, other times less often. You're blown away. G Darius HD comes in the latter category. It's the fourth instalment of the Darius series, which dates all the way back to 1987. Having never heard of the game before its 2021 revival, I decided that with the 2022 update, I should try it out on the Nintendo Switch. To recap, this revision, which was provided to us by PR Hound, includes the 1997 original G Darius, along with the high-definition update, plus three new versions for Nintendo Switch and PS4. So you get G-Diaries version 2, first released in 1998. This is an updated version of the original G-Diaries, which was initially published a year earlier. While the storyline remains the same, G-Diaries version 2 comes with a beginner mode, rapid fire function, and a lot of adjustments to the gameplay. Also, there's G-Diaries version 2 HD, which is an HD version of G-Diaries version 2, and then there's G Darius for the consumer, which adds a 1998 Japan released console port of G Darius. Now, all of this is pretty incidental, however, as the games play very similarly, although not identically. So, unless you're a G Darius aficionado, you probably won't notice too many differences. What the new version does bring is a collection of new gadgets, modes, and settings that have been implemented in G Darius and G Darius version 2. The reason this game took me by surprise is the concept of capture, a development of the extra ship in Galaxian and in many ways developed further in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, for example, with the hacking of Imperial droids. It gives the player an advantage over the attacking forces and the many level bosses and behemoths by capturing an attacking craft and using it against the enemy. With so many different ships that can be captured, some cannot, it gives the G Darius games an enhanced strategic edge that similar shooters just don't have. The scale of the game is impressive too, with several bosses taking several screens up in size and often flying into and out of the screen to emphasise that size. Often this necessitates a flip of attack and direction, which adds an extra challenge to the game. There is also a choice of paths through the game, which has the potential of making every game you start almost unique. It certainly brings a freshness to proceedings. The new gadgets mentioned include the boss gadget, which reveals weaknesses. Elsewhere, there is a nice change in UI between playing on the Switch in handheld mode and on the big screen in docked mode. One thing I noticed that is missing from this release, the first time I've come across this with a retro release, is a rewind function. Now, it is a tough game. While it's easy to instantly create save game states, its lack of a rewind feature makes it a far more challenging proposition than many other retro releases on current hardware. I suppose this is mitigated somewhat by the presence of a training mode, but its omission is still a bit of a puzzle. After all, G Darius is a tough game with unrelenting attackers and a range of powerful weapons that can be dodged or otherwise in varying ways depending on the attacker. It's the sort of game you really want to master, though. It's not too tough so as to discourage and certainly isn't unplayable. The two-player mode certainly helps. And even if it was, you'd still want to load it up because not only are the games in G Darius HD Collection tough, they're also graphically stunning. 
certainly typical of the late 1990s approach, the three-dimensional polygonal graphics look amazing and suit the Switch in angles that the game occasionally throws at you. The HD options smooth things out nicely without losing the feel of the original G-Darius. I'm a sucker for retro shooters, so G-Darius was likely to get a good review from me anyway, but I was unprepared for how good it actually is. Yes, it's tough, but it's also replayable, with so many options for slave ships and paths through the game. The HD version might smooth things more than I would like, but that's totally down to personal preference. The version 2 releases certainly make the boss battles less of a chore, but if there was any complaint, it would be that the levels aren't long enough. If you haven't already, G Darius HD is certainly worth picking up in the Nintendo Switch eShop where it retails for £24.99. We'll finish with the probably most exciting feature, certainly as far as I'm concerned. This is an in-depth look at the 14 Commodore 64 games on Evercade's upcoming Commodore 64 themed cartridge, the C64 Collection 1 is set to be released later this year in October and it can be pre-ordered from July the 29th from the various stores that are linked to on the Evercade website. Now, the collection of games that you can get, there's 14 games. They cover um, quite a big portion of Commodore 64 History, there is Summer Games, Winter Games, Impossible Mission, Jumpman, Lee, which is a retitled version of Bruce Lee, Gateway to Apshai, The Movie Monster Game, Marauder, Stormlord, Subterranea, Iridis Alpha, Battle Valley, Alley Cat and Street Sports Baseball. I've compiled a list of the games along with the relevant details and my own recollections of the game. So uh, we're going to go through them each in turn. Summer Games came out in 1984 from Epics. Uh, it is a great game to start the collection with. It's a turn-based multiplayer sports game that mixes simulation with arcade qualities, surprisingly good graphics and playability for that early era of 8-bit gaming. Winter Games came out the following year, also from Epics. Unsurprisingly, it relies on Winter Olympics events and is similar to the previous game in all but the events. You've probably heard of Impossible Mission, also from Epix. 1984 it was released. It's a single-player game and the first Commodore 64 game, probably, to feature digitised speech. It pits you against enemy robots while attempting to infiltrate an enemy lair. Now, I'll be honest, I never took to this game at all, but it has a lot of fans and for that reason is worth checking out. Jumpman dates from 1983. It's for one to four players. It is one of the oldest Commodore 64 games out, um, certainly on this list, and is a port of the Atari 8-bit console game. Consequently, the graphics are appropriately basic, but it is a very playable game that will thrill and frustrate in equal measure. Now, that brings us to Lee. Um, it appears to be the original game from Datasoft, which was released in 1984, but we're not 100% certain on that or whether it is a complete rewrite. It has been retitled Lee. There's obviously uh, licensing issues with uh, the Bruce Lee estate. Uh, 
It's so, I mean, at best, it's a de-licensed release without any connection to the legendary martial arts expert and movie style. Either way, it was a superb two-player game that is definitely well worth visiting on the Evercade Versus. Gateway to Apshai came out in 1983 from Epics. It's a single-player RPG. It looks basic, and it passed me by back in the day, but this action-adventure dungeon crawler features an incredible 7,680 rooms, so it's definitely worth checking out if you like dungeon rpgs the monster movie game from epics came out in 1986 and 10 year old me considered this to be childish nonsense upon reading the reviews in uh, it was either commodore user or zap i can't remember which um of course i was still playing the transformers and action force games so Anyway, almost 40 years later, it looks like I missed out on a lot of fun. Interestingly, a giant transformer appears in the game anyway, along with other recognisable monsters across various globe-spanning challenges. Marauder is a 1988 game from Houston. I feel like I've played it, but I don't really have a definitive recollection of it. It certainly doesn't appear to be in my own collection of C64 titles, so it's probably when I played at a friend's house, um, which may mean it failed to catch my attention or i just failed to get the hang of it and discarded it either way uh it's a huge release who were no mugs in the game development stakes and is worth a play on that fact alone another houston game is storm lord this is from 1990 so it's very late in the commodore 64's life it's got lovely graphics it's a one-player game it draws from fantasy imagery of the time so uh, there may be a little bit of nudity. Indeed, Stormlord courted controversy, particularly in the USA, where the Sega Genesis was pulled until the topless fairies in the game were given clothes. A memorable platform, it owes a bit to ghosts and goblins. While taking the idea in a completely different direction, it's graphically stunning. The game's presentation and theme music also make it particularly memorable. Iridis Alpha is a 1986 Houston game. It's a single-player shoot-em-up, and it's by Jeff Minter. Uh, it's visually similar to Thalamus's Sanction, which came out around the same time, maybe a little bit later. The difference being here, a split screen in the game in Sanction was the same area, just a different viewpoint, whereas here, in Iridis Alpha, it represents two separate planets, it's a unique challenge, um, which is just one reason to give Iridis Alpha a go. Battle Valley from Houston looks like so many different games. Military games, maybe a touch of battle through time. Hey, there's a classic there. Um, this is a shoot 'em up for one or two players. So many games fail to reach my part of the world, and this is one of them. It always looked like a graphically impressive scrolling tank shooter, and it promises to be a hidden gem among the Commodore 64 games on the C64 Collection 1. Also from Houston, from 1986, is Alley Cat, a one or two player shoot 'em up. It was a well known title on release, mainly due to being marketed as Andrew Braybrook's sequel to hit shooter Euridium. Now, you may well ask, why isn't Euridium on this collection? Who knows? Street Sports Baseball came out in 1987. It's an epics game, and it represents low budget DIY gaming but it's surprisingly good. In fact, there is an added layer of nostalgia here because you can recall playing an old 64 game that recalls playing baseball in the street. It's graphically quirky. Uh, the lack of scrolling wasn't a big deal in the day, but it's a bit jarring now. Basically, um, you say you hit the ball, it trans the ball flies off screen, and then the screen melts into 
a new screen. It's it's a bit. It looks okay. It's playable. Now, overall, this is a smart collection of well-known and less well-known Commodore 64 games. It's pretty much what you would expect from an Evercade cartridge. In fact, it's arguably one of the better Evercade collections in terms of game quality. While later big-hitting C64 titles are missing, there is plenty here to play with. Just the Evercade standard control system. However, there are clearly a lot of games from the same two publishers, Epix and Houston, which suggests many games are either unavailable or tied up with big industry fish, or industry big fish, who care little for retro gaming. Uh, Rare, for example, who uh, produced many games for the 8-bit platforms, they were bought by Microsoft in 2002, so it's unlikely that any of their games are going to be appearing on any retro gaming system. Well done, you have made it to the end of the very first save state. You gain an extra life. In the meantime, you can level up by sharing this podcast in all the places you share podcasts, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. And please follow us. You'll find all the links to everything we've discussed in the show notes at www.gamingretro.co.uk. Please subscribe to the podcast and until our next show, don't forget to save.